0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Traditionally, over the next few days, most Americans will be celebrating the uniquely American national holiday of Thanksgiving. It's a day or two on the calendar, originally established by the country's founders, to specifically give thanks to God for all the blessings and freedoms we all enjoy as Americans. Sadly, most Americans will sit at their 2022 Thanksgiving table eating, drinking, and celebrating and not even mention the name of the Almighty God in whose honor it was founded and for whose blessings we are to be so thankful. In this very unique two day Thanksgiving message entitled The Lifetime Celebration of Thanksgiving, Pastor Ray opens our spiritual eyes as to why not only giving thanks to our Creator once a year, but rather living a lifestyle of thanksgiving is so important. What is meant by having a heart of thanksgiving? And how is not being thankful an act of actually forgetting about God? Here's Pastor on more of what Thanksgiving should really be all about.
1: Thanksgiving shouldn't just be a day. It shouldn't be just once a year that we gather around and we say thank you. I guarantee you there'll be, there'll be holiday tables this Thursday uh, where not one word of prayer or thanksgiving will be offered to God. Guaranteed it. There'll be wine. There'll be beer. There'll be all kinds of holiday things to celebrate and get drunk and overeat and do all those things. But not one word of thanks will be offered to the Lord God. And that's, that's a shame. Uh, thanksgiving... As we know it in this country, and, and and we celebrate it in this country, is a day to remember. It's a day to give thanks back to God for all for the year of all the blessings that we've had, a year of, of help and a year of His His work in our lives. It's not just to be a day; it should be a lifestyle. Thanksgiving should be a lifestyle. It ought to live in our hearts, and we ought to express Thanksgiving um, every day. I, I, the Lord, I was praying about this and thinking about this, and I believe the Lord spoke this to my heart, and it's a warning. It's that the modern-day church, if we're not careful, the churches we understand it and know it in these modern days, if we're not careful, are going to become more focused on what we can get from God as opposed to what we can give to God. Is everybody with me? This relationship with the Lord is not all about what God can do for me. At some point, you know, maybe that works when you're a baby Christian and you're just getting started and you don't know better. But for those of us who know the Lord, and even if you are a new Christian, your heart can't just be focused on what God can do for you or what you need from God. And so many come to church or enter and start that relationship with the Lord, just seeking what they can get from God. But at some point, we have to realize that this ought to be more about what I can do for God. There's so many of God's people that, that know. I mean, if I had you raise your hand this morning, you probably, a lot of you, 90, 95% you' raise your hand. But so many of us know that God has worked in our life. We know we are where we are because of the work of God, the blessing of God, the anointing of God. We know that God has given us favor. But unfortunately, the, 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 the percentage of people who really, truly give thanks back to God for what He has done is very, very low. You see, we, we, need, to, we, need, to, we need to see that, that thanksgiving needs to live in our hearts. And and if we know that God has ministered or or, or mod- uh, blessed us or increased us or how, how many let me ask you how many of you know that God has done something in your life you, you are where you are you have what you have you have you, you know you've gotten through some see Thanksgiving ought to live in your heart but you see if we're not careful we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna move into this realm of 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 being focused more on what we can get from God and no longer what we can give to God. But if you're if you're a blessed person, then one of the one of the expressions of thanksgiving is that you're, you're motivated to give back to God. See, if you truly have been touched by God, as you just many of you just said, and the anointing of God lives in you, then you're you ought to be motivated on the inside to do something for the Lord. See, church is not just about coming and getting a good word or getting the worship or you know getting some other kind of help you need. Really, I mean, you know there. Are, it blesses me when people come to church and say, Pastor, how can I help? Now, I realize people have needs, and, and we're here to do that. But if we're not careful, we're going to be more focused on what we can get out of church as opposed to what we can give to the church, what we can give to the Lord. And, and you see, if we're not careful, we're going to build a church of broken people who are just needy, and all they do is come when they need something or want something. But they don't ever, ever see the responsibility that they have to give something back to God. And God wants to bless you. And God wants to increase you. And we'll look at some verses today that prove that. But He does that because He wants you, as an act of thanksgiving, back to Him, to give from the blessing and give from the things that He has done in your life. So you see, if you're a person that, if you're a person that truly knows the Lord and loves the Lord, and is is being is serious, because there are people that know God and love God and are going to go to heaven, but they're not as serious about their walk with God. You know, God is sort of out there, and it's. Go to church when it's convenient, give when it's convenient. But you see, that's not, really, that's not really emanating from a heart of thanksgiving. It's probably coming more from a heart of guilt or feeling um, you know, guilty about, well, I should do this, I should do that. It's not motivated by love. It's really motivated more by works or, or some sort of religious activity in their life. Well, that's not really emanating from a heart of thanksgiving. See, I do everything in the kingdom that I do. I give, I help, I work. I do it because I'm so grateful to God for what he's done in my life. So it's an act of thanksgiving. And this act of thanksgiving shouldn't just happen once a year. It ought to happen every single day. We ought to live the lifestyle of thanksgiving to God. So we're always seeking ways. And every time I help somebody or every time I give into an offering, it's, see, I view that as an act of thanksgiving to God. In fact, I often say, many times say, when when I, I give, I say, Lord, thank you. For empowering me and enabling me to be in this position to be able to help this person or to do this or to do that or to give here or to give this. So, see, it it needs to be an act of gratitude, an act of thanksgiving that comes from the depths of our heart, not just merely some sort of religious activity that we go through. Too many God's people that are being motivated by guilt and shame or fear. And that's that's not coming from the right heart. You do what you do for the kingdom, you give to the kingdom, and you do it freely, not only in money, but of your time, of your talents, of your abilities. You give to people, you give to the people of God, to the man of God, or the woman of God, where you do it as an act of thanksgiving to the Lord, because you're grateful for what God has done in your life. Is everybody with me here this morning? So let's open the Bible, let's go over to Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, because I I don't know about you, but I don't want to be more focused on what God can give me. And then, you know, there's a group, there's another group, the Holy Spirit just reminded me, there's another group that doesn't, doesn't really want anything from God. But they don't want to give God anything either. They want to stay neutral. <laughs> wow. Man, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. I never even thought of that. There are some that come and say, well, Pastor, you're not talking to me because I don't want anything from God. I'm fine just the way I am. I don't come asking. I don't believe I just, whatever reason, they just don't want anything from God. But likewise, they don't want to give anything to God. They want to just stay neutral somewhere in the neutral zone. And I'm going to tell you right now, the spirit realm is not in neutral. The things that you're, listen, you're either, you're either with God or away from God. You're either aligning yourself with God or you're aligning yourself with the devil. Am I telling the truth? You bet. Because it's the word. It's the word. So there are some that say, well, pastor, you know, that doesn't mean really, this because I don't come. I don't expect anything from God. Well, that's great. Praise praise the Lord. I mean, you should, because God wants to bless your life. But likewise, um, you know, the other side of that is if you're not not looking or seeking anything from God, you still ought to know that your responsibility as a believer in the kingdom of God, who has been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, by His blood, by His body, by the sacrifice of Calvary that did not come cheap, You owe something back to God. You owe God an act of thanksgiving and not just once a year at Thanksgiving time. You owe owe God a lifestyle of thanksgiving. You owe God a lifestyle of thanksgiving in every way that you can. And thanksgiving just can't come from your mouth because you know, God says in his word, he says, with their lips they praise me, but their hearts are far from me. We know in Proverbs chapter 29, it says that out of the abundance of the heart flow the issues of life. You see, your actions are lined up with what's going on in your heart, not just your mouth. He said, with your lips you praise me, but your heart is far from me. What he's saying is that you're shouting hallelujah, amen, thank you, Jesus, thank you for everything. But your heart is not working in concert with your lips because the heart represents the actions that are coming out of your life. When you truly have a heart of thanksgiving, it's not only your lips going, it's the activity and the actions that are coming out of your life. You're a blesser, you're a helper, you're a healer. You seek what you can do to increase the kingdom of God and how you can be a blessing to the kingdom of God, because your heart is involved in it, not just your mouth, not just your lips. So it's one thing to say, thank you, Jesus. But it's another to say, thank you, Jesus. Here's my life. I give you my all. What is it that you need from me? You need my time. You need my resources. You need my money. You need my family. You need my car. You need my house. Ha- what is it that you need, Jesus, to get the work done? Here it is. It all emanates from a heart of thanksgiving. With, with their lips, they praise me. But their hearts are far, far, far from me. Because your heart represents the act- actions or the activity of your life. And if your heart is really with God then your actions are going to be in concert with the Word of God. You're going to be a doer. You're not just going to be a taker. You're going to take because God wants you to freely have it. You can ask and, and receive and God will bless you, but you're not just going to be a taker. You're going to be more focused on what you can give. I've lived my life this way. I've purposed to be a giver in every way that I could be. I've not withheld anything that God has asked me to give. I've not withheld when I had the power within my hands to help and to bless. I've not withheld my tithe. I've not withheld my offerings. I'm a blessed man today. And it's, it's not because, you know, because I'm so smart or I'm so, in, uh, you know, so charismatic or whatever title or adjective you want to you wanna stick on it. It's none of that. It's because I have purposed in my life. And I don't say this to elevate myself, dear God. I do not say it to elevate myself. I say it to stimulate, hopefully, in some way, in the lives of the believers, action and activity to rise up and to begin to do what God says. I pray that, and I've asked God, make me an example that others might find uh, encouragement and might, you know, I, that I might be a catalyst to others to get them started so that they can see how God works in a life. See, so, so your heart has got to be If you have have a heart of thanksgiving, your heart's going to be focused on what you can do for God, not just what you can get from God, and most certainly not being neutral. There are a lot of people that are sitting in neutral, but there is no neutral in the spirit. Too many people, some of you may be sitting here today, you're living or you think you're living in that neutral zone. Well, you know, I I don't want anything, but I don't want to give anything. I, I, I want to come to church, but... Don't ask me to stand. Don't ask me to sit. Don't ask me to clap. Don't ask me to pray. Don't ask me to shout. Don't ask me to give. Just let me come and sit. I want to go. That's being in neutral. There is no neutral zone in the things of God. Wow. God has called us to live the lifestyle, to live the life of thanksgiving. Can I get a better amen than that? Amen. Luke's Gospel, chapter 17, and I think that this story is so appropriate, and we'll look at a few verses here today. And we'll go to chapter uh, verse 11 of chapter 17. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem, that being Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. How many of you agree with me? These men were lepers. They had a need. Yeah, I understand something about lepers in, 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 historically, In this time, lepers were outcasts. Uh, They were so much so outcasts that they made them dress in certain kinds of robes and cover their faces in a certain way. And as a matter of fact, they, they were not allowed into society, but if they got anywhere near anybody, they were to shout. This was what the law said. They needed to shout, unclean, unclean. In other words, get away from me, get away. So not only did they go through a physically horrible disease, but they also went through a very humiliating um, a situation by having to announce to everybody, get away from me because I'm unclean. Wow, how many of you agree with me that these lepers had a really big need? Yes. So ten lepers are standing, and it says that they were afar off because they couldn't even come near Jesus. So they were like Jesus was here, and they were probably you know across the street or down the road or wherever. But they saw Jesus coming, and they they and it says it says here. Um, then, as he entered a certain village, he met the ten letters and started far off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They began to cry out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So they obviously had heard about Jesus. They obviously heard that Jesus was doing miracles, signs, and wonders. Something stimulated faith within their heart to cry out, to have the boldness and the audacity as lepers who are outcasts of the society to cry out to Jesus, crying out for a healing, for a touch of power in their life, to clean them of their leprosy. They had no problem asking the Lord to do something for them. Understandably, when you're in a serious need, and I've seen people do that, you know, serious time, you cry out to God with everything you've got, asking for a touch, and this is what Jesus says. So when Jesus saw them, he said to them, He didn't touch them, He didn't pray for them, He didn't have a healing line. He said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. And so, as it was, as they went, they were cleansed. So, so Jesus just spoke the word. And as they obeyed that word, they went, and as they went, the the leprosy healing took place in their body, and the leprosy just dropped off of them. Just like that. They didn't even have to get to the priest. The minute they obeyed the word, bam, the leprosy just, I learned something. There's not part of today's message, but I'll stick it in there. See, man, when you you hear the word preached and you hear it, you operate, listen, you begin to do the word. You begin to operate in that word. You begin to obey that word. And as you do it, as they went, healing took place in their body. As you do it, things are going to start changing in your life. Things are going to start changing in your life. I, 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 I like that. So as they went, they were healed. He says, go show yourself. And they see, see, it says here, now listen. So as they went, they were Listen, verse 15. And one of them, there were nine, but only one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at the feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. They were despised by the Jews. Shouldn't even been there. It's interesting to me that the one, he didn't even get to the priest. He turned as he went. Healing came to him. Before he went to the priest, he turned around and he went back to Jesus and he fell down to his feet. And with the same loud voice with which he asked for help, he began to give thanks and praise God. This is the problem in the body of Christ today. When we have a need, we show up at church. When we have a need, we cry out to God. We have no problem going on the prayer line and crying and crying out to God and asking him for something. But when the blessing comes... Where are you? Are you crying out with equally loud voice with thanksgiving unto God? Are you giving God the same passion from the depths of your heart when you have a need? Are you giving him that same passion in praise and thanksgiving when you get the blessing? See if we're not careful, we're going to we're going to be people. We're going to be people that are more focused on what we can get from God as opposed to what we can give to God. So with a, with a loud voice, one comes back. And with a loud voice, falls at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus says to him in verse 17, answer him, says, were there not ten cleansed? Were there not ten? And he says, but where are the nine? Where are the rest? One came back to give him praise and glory. The other nine uh, just said, well, thank you very much. You know, we cried out. We got blessed. And now we're moving on. We're going somewhere else. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been pastoring now almost 30 years. And, and I'm going to tell you, I've seen this repeatedly over and over again. People come to church. And I, I was given a testimony, giving a story about a man I once knew. And, and I think that this is, this is so appropriate. And we'll look at some other scriptures. But I remember a man that I once knew. And he was, he was down and out and having a really, really hard time in life. And back then he was making about 100 bucks a week. And, and he, he, he found out about giving and about tithing and about how God wanted to meet his needs and bless his life. And, and he, started, he started to learn the Word of God and he started to operate in the Word of God. And at that time, he's, he told me he was making $100 a week. And, but he, he'd come to church, and he'd pay his tithe, his $10. I remember him saying, you know, this $10 could buy my kids some food, but I trust God so much, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay my tithe because I trust the Word of God. And little by little by little, all of a sudden, things began to change in this. I'm going to tell you what, every time you act on the Word of God, things are going to start to change in your life. So I watched this man supernaturally. In one year, God took him from earning nothing and put him into a business that he didn't even know anything about, but set all the right people around him to help him to do the business. And in the first year of his business that he didn't know anything about, he earned $100,000 profit. That was his salary in one year. Now, Now, I wish I could shout hallelujah all the way to the end of this story. But this same man who had the fire in his soul to trust God and to do, when God began to bless him, and he, undeni- he, said, he said, this is undeniable proof from God that he is working in my life. So I don't even know anything about this business. But he's worked this out, given me, given me customers, brought me people, showing me, giving me to- how to do this stuff. I don't even know how to do it. God anointed him to get the job done. And anointed him and blessed him with $100,000 in the first year. Well, that same, that same man, as time went on and he, he, his financial affairs were blessed and God blessed his life and so on and so forth, the more blessed he got, the colder he got for God. The man who was crying out to God and willing to give his ten dollars on his little, with tears in his eyes, God, I'm trusting you, and I'm, I'm, the minute he got success in his life, the minute God blessed him was the minute that he started to go cold for God. As a matter of fact, one day he said to me, he said, Pastor, I have, a, I have a, a, you know, I owe the Lord. I haven't been to church. And I feel guilty about it. But I owe the Lord a tithe because I just got some blessing. He said, I, I owe the Lord $5,000. And he said, I'm going to get that $5,000 to you. Well, that was about 25 years ago. <laughs> Have you seen it? Because I haven't. <laughs> you see, he consumed it on himself. And that, that man's story just got sadder as time went on. And it ended very sad, you know. And, and, and it's all because I believe, this is just my opinion, because I've seen both sides. I believe that he, he no longer he no longer was being driven with a heart of thanksgiving or by a heart of thanksgiving for what God had done. He had taken matters into his own hands. He's like the nine. He, when he needed, he'd cry out to God and, you know, run to church with his tithe and, and do whatever and be so humble and be so, you know, crying out to God. But the minute he got blessed was the minute that the coldness began to to take effect in his life. He didn't need God anymore now because he got the blessing. He got what he needed. And that story repeats itself over and over and over and over. And I believe it saddens. It saddens the heart of God. Because God wants to bless us, but he never wants us to forget. He never wants us to lose that heart of thanksgiving to him. I don't know about where you're all at, but I look at my life and I say, Lord, I say this almost every day. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you have done in my life. I take no credit for it. Lord, I don't hold on to it. Father, I thank you that you've blessed me. You've increased me. You've given me a voice. You've given me a ministry. You've blessed my family around me. You've blessed my home. It seems, Lord, everything I lay my hands to prospers now truly. I thank you for the blessing, and I honor you. See, see. let me tell you, that's why when, when the first of the month comes and I get my paycheck, I don't have a problem writing my tithe. I don't have a problem when there's a need or, or some project. I don't have a problem writing a check because I realize that everything I have and everything I am is all connected to God and His blessing in my life. See, when I, when I refuse to do that, or if you ever get to that place where you refuse to do that, what you're doing is you're taking your life into your own hands and you're saying, well, the work of my own hands, I'm afraid if I give or I, I help or I do something that somehow I'm going to come up shorthanded.